We don't rightly appreciate the Mass, and in a way we can't. What happens there is so great, so surpassingly sublime, that the mind can't fully grasp it. But today's first reading from the letter to the Hebrews can help us to grasp it a little better. But first we need a little background. When the people of Israel were camped at Mount Sinai, Moses would go up the mountain to speak to God. But at one point, God doesn't just speak to Moses at the top of the mountain, he comes down to speak to the whole people. This is what happens. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain and Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. So that's how Exodus describes this coming of God to speak to the people. There's thunder and lightning, and smoke and fire, and an earthquake and a trumpet blast. It's majestic beyond imagining, a literally earth-shaking event. Now think about the Mass. Mass is not like this. God comes to us in the Mass, he speaks to us, he gives himself to us, But gone are the earthquake and the thunder and the lightning and the heavenly trumpet blast. The letter to the Hebrews today points out as much in our first reading. You have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers entreat that no further messages be spoken to them. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. We have not come to these things, Hebrews tells us. No, in fact, in the Mass, we approach something much greater than all that. But the deepest reality of what we approach in the Mass is not visible, not observable by the senses, perceptible only by faith. The letter to the Hebrews says, No, you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to a judge who is God of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. All of this is present at every Mass. The Mass is an inbreaking of the perfect worship of the heavenly liturgy into our created world. There are innumerable angels and saints present with us, worshiping the Lamb who was slain. It is inexpressibly glorious. Now think about your experience of Mass. Maybe you find it dull. Maybe you can't possibly think of this hidden but very real heavenly adoration taking place on our earthly altars because Mass for you is one giant losing battle with distraction. Maybe you think the preaching at Mass is boring, even unbearable. These things are trials to be sure, but none of it really matters in the end. What matters is that God comes to us and we worship him and he is glorified through, with, and in Jesus Christ, whose body and blood, soul and divinity, are given to us in the Holy Eucharist. Notice the end of that passage from the letter to the Hebrews today. It speaks of the blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. Abel was the brother of Cain, who spitefully murdered him and then tried to lie to God about it. And God says to Cain in response, The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Abel's blood cries out to God for justice and judgment and punishment. Now, make no mistake, Christ is our judge, and he will exercise that office. 
But his blood doesn't cry out principally for punishment. No, Christ's blood cries out for love. It's the greatest sign to us of his love, and it spurs us to love him in return. And in this consists the perfection of human salvation. And it's all there in the Mass. Heavenly worship, celestial adoration, divine illumination, supernatural charity, salvation.